people that people love to hear a special singing. <clears throat> you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Mark, the 15th chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing this morning. Mark, the 15th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading verse 26. This is a message that I wish everybody in our church could hear it, I hope. If, they, if they're not here, I hope they're signed on to uh, live streaming because it's a message everybody needs to hear. It really is. I'm going to try to stand up and preach it because I think it's that important. Uh, 26th verse of Mark 15 says, And the superscription of his accusations was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. They that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads, and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple, builds in three days, save thyself, and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest, Mocking said unto them, said unto themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe that they, I'm sorry, and they were, that were crucified with him, reviled him. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for those that have come out this morning. We're thankful, Lord, that they're in the house of the Lord here. Pray, Lord, that you'll let me preach this message and let me preach this message in a way that maybe people will understand it. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The title of this message this morning here is the title of it. What is an unbeliever? Now you're going to be surprised. <clears throat> some, some people are going to be surprised at this. What is an unbeliever? We talk all the time about what a believer is. Well, I'm going to talk this morning about what is an unbeliever. <clears throat> John Ellerton described him, talking about, talking about Christ, John Ellington described him as being throned upon the awful tree. To the believer, the crucifixion was the death of the Son of God as our Savior. In the eyes of the unbeliever, this crucifixion was foolishness. It was the unbeliever who said that Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Verse 32 there's a lot of things that we're looking for. Uh, Brother Sam prays every Wednesday about why people aren't coming to church now. And uh, it really gets to me because I wonder the same thing. You know, uh, I remember when cars only had three speeds of gears on them. I remember when you shifted to First gear, that's what you took off in. You shifted to second gear, and then you shifted to third gear, and that was it. 
Then they came out with the four speed, four, four speeds. And uh, they came out. I know that I had a 60 Chevrolet that only had a three speed shift on it. And I, I bought me a Hearst four speed and put on it. And uh, we had four. It didn't help it none, but it still looked good. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I think today we have a people that have just about taken the shift of going to church out of the out of the vehicle. Let me say that again. I think we have a people today that's just about taken the shift that says go to church out of their cars. Now they're, they're back down to three speeds. And the one speed says we're going to go to the beach. Second speed says we're going to go to the mountains. Third speed says we're going to go here and go there. And uh, But don't say anything about going to church. Sad. In the eyes of the unbeliever, this crucifixion was foolishness. It was the unbelievers who said that Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. It was not the nails that hanged him to the tree. You hear that all the time, you know. You speak signs up out here everywhere, talking about three nails. Well, I'm not sure that they wasn't more than three nails, but anyway... It wasn't the nails that hanged him to the tree, but it was the love he had for his elect children. That's what hanged him to the tree. He was called by many different titles. He was called Christ, the King of Israel, in verse 32. Even this was said in mockery because they knew he called himself a king. They were mocking him. He said he was a king. They said, well, we're going to make you a king. We're going to hang you and show that you're not a king. <clears throat> it was mockery because they knew that he called himself a king. He called himself the Messiah, the Lord anointed. When they mocked, they spoke the truth, for he was all to that he said he was. They, 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 thought, that they thought they were mocking him when they said that uh, that he was a, that he called himself the Messiah. He called himself the one that came to die for me, one that came to die for you. He called, he called it, he called himself that. The Lord's anointed. When they mocked him, they spoke the truth, for he was all of that he said he was. He called himself the King of Israel. It was very hard for the unbelievers to believe that the king could be so despised and so rejected. You got people like that today. I mean, when you talk about when you talk about Jesus being despised, they say, "Why would anybody despise him? What did he do?" Boy, they they despised him. They despised him. They despised him enough that they they hanged him and they let Barnabas Barabbas go free. They despised him. He called him. They despised him. It was the wise men who were so ignorant when they came and said, 
Where is he that's born of the king of the Jews? Where is he? It's not him. Where is he? That's not him hanging there. Where is he? He claimed, there's one out here claimed to be the king of the Jews. We, we, came, we came to see the king of the Jews. We didn't come to see a, a sinner. Three of them hanging there together. We didn't, that's not what we came to see. We came to see the king of the Jews. But he was the king of the Jews. He was appointed to do and to be what he was and is. He was appointed to shame and suffering. He was appointed to be crucified with two thieves. One of them was chosen and anointed to be one of his Lord's elect. He knew that. He, he knew that the, the one, he'd been, he was hanging on one of them with one of the Lord's elect. He knew that. He knew that I was one of the Lord's elect. If you're saved today, he knew you was one of the Lord's elect. Tara sings that song when he was on the cross. He knew me. He knew who I was. Well, he knew who those two thieves were too. And he knew that one of them was going to be saved that day. He knew that one of them, well, he was appointed to shame and suffering. He was appointed to be crucified with two thieves. One of them was chosen and appointed to the one of the Lord's elect. The other was the prime example of the unbeliever because the unbelievers could not believe that a king and Messiah could be crucified with two thieves. They didn't believe that. They didn't believe that was possible. Why in the world, why in the world would, would they hang him between two thieves and, and not, do, not kill them, crucify them some other time? They, 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 were being, they, were being, they were being crucified too. Why? Because they were thieves. They, they were being uh, sent to the electric chair. Because they were thieves. And they couldn't understand that. People couldn't understand. The unbelievers could not understand why this thing happened. He suffered derision and death. The Bible states, they that passed by railed at him. And the two that were crucified with him also railed. It was King David who said, all that they see me laugh me to scorn. Now David was a type of Christ, and he said, all, all, all that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying he delivered him, seeing that they delighted in him, Psalms 22, 7 through 8. He was made a deal, they said, we we'll make a deal with you. You come down. The unbeliever said, descend from the cross that we may see and believe. They want to make a deal with him. If you want us to believe, you come down. But he's saying, if you want to believe, you believe that I'm up here. You believe that I'm up here for a reason. He didn't say anything to him. 
He just let them mock him. They, they'd already spat up on him. They'd already, they'd already whipped him. They'd already beat him half to death. They'd already dragged him. They've, all, they've already uh, saw him have to carry his own, his, his own tree. They was going to be hanged on. But they want to make a deal with him. They said, come down and we'll believe. Come down and we'll believe. Well, what, what does he have to do to have people believe today that it's important to be in the Lord's house? What do you want him to do? I'm asking you today, what do you, what, if you're out here and you're not coming to church, I want to ask you, what do you want him to do to get you in church? What do I need to do to get you in church? What does anybody out here need to do to get you in church? Isn't that right, Brother Sam? What, what do we need to do? Brother Sam prays this every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, he, Brother Sam prays that I don't understand why people can't come to church. And it is pretty sad here on Wednesday night when there's only 10 or 12 people here. Out of probably near 50, around 50 some, only 10 or 12 work. What's wrong? What do we need to do? What do I need to do? Do I need to stand, try to stand up here and preach? Is it because I'm sitting down that you're ashamed of me? I see a lot of other preachers have to sit down. Now, I'll try to stand up if it's. If that stop you from being ashamed of me, is it because I cough sometimes during my message? I ask forgiveness for that. I know I shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't do that. I went to the doctor this week, and he said he said my throat was still sore, still red. He took me out of my bed and made me sleep in a chair now. He said the reason, he said one of the reasons why that your throat is staying sore is, he said you're sleeping at night, and he said you're gathering all that junk that comes out of your head, out of your sinuses, all lodging in your throat. He said it's keeping your throat sore. He said that's the most sickening stuff you can have is when that stuff comes out of your sinuses. And hangs in your throat. He said, the only way you can stop it is start sleeping in your recliner. Sleep standing straight up. And I've tried it. It's hard. I slept in my bed last night. I slept all night. But I, I'm telling you folks, I'll stand up here as long as I can. I have to hold on to this to keep from falling. Well, what does it take? To get you to come to church. You should be here every time the door is open. I'm sorry, folks. I'm just telling you. I don't care. You'll say, well, I moved too far away. No, you didn't. You never moved too far away to not to go to church. I drove 365 miles to church. One way. When I was going to Illinois, when I was preaching in Illinois, I drove up there every weekend. I was still in school. I was in school. I had a wife and I had a child. I had a job of 
40, 50 hours a week. I was in school, and I still drove 365 miles on the weekend. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling you that's how much I love church. That's how much I love what I do. I don't, I don't know if you, if you could do what I do. I know Brother Mark Williams called me the other day, and he said, I want to tell you, he said, anytime you need somebody preaching, he said, you call me. He said, I'll drive down here. He said, if you want to rest, he said, I'll drive down here and preach a while. Anybody think about that? He said, I'll drive down there every Sunday and preach for you whenever you need me. Well, I did that. I did that too. I did that for church over in Glenville. Drove over every Sunday afternoon, every Sunday night and preach for him. For a year and a half. Let me tell you, folks, what do we need to do? What did Christ need to do? What did he need to do to get them to believe? They said, come down from there and we'll, we'll believe you. They wasn't going to believe him. They weren't going to believe no matter what he did. They were unbelievers. They tried to make a deal with him. They might as well have said, quit doing what your father wants you to do. And do what we want you to do. Jesus, Jesus said his father put him up there. Told him to go up there. And he went. The scripture could not be broken. He could not come down from the tree. For he wanted to die for his own. I'm so thankful that he did die for me. I'm thankful he died for you. And he died for all you not here today. He died for every one of you not here today. If you're saved. But you might be an unbeliever. Like the old boy up there in Kentucky. His mama was dying. And everybody was standing, all his kids, all her kids, she had about 10 or 12 kids. All the kids were standing around the bed. And she had one boy that was a little idle in his head. He had some problems. And his mama was on her deathbed. This is a true story now. Mama was on her deathbed. And, and she said, told the rest of the kids, if it wasn't for so-and-so, I wouldn't mind going. He said, I'll go on, Mama. I said, I'll be all right. He said, you don't have to worry about me. She said, I wouldn't mind going if it wasn't for him. He said, go on, Mama. I said, I'll be all right. Well, the unbeliever... No matter no difference what Christ does, the unbeliever's going to be all right in his own mind. Unbeliever's not going to like what I'm saying today. He 
The unbeliever prefers a crossless Christ. Why? The death of Christ reveals their guilt. That's all it is. That's, that's, that's all the preaching that we preachers do. That's all that happens is it just brings to more to light more your guilt. Your guilt of, of your life. The death of Christ reveals their guilt. The death of Christ reveals the hatred some have for religion. Do we hate religion that much? That we'd rather be somewhere else today than be here at church or Wednesday night and be we really be somewhere else Wednesday night and be at church. I know people work on Wednesday night. I know some people work late on Wednesday nights. But I know more than ten people don't. Death and resurrection are only in the Christ who died on a tree. That's the only place you're going to find it. He left his church here for one reason. And I started to get into that, and I said, no, I'll never finish today. Why did he build a church? Because he wants to meet with us. He wants to meet with us. We may not want to meet with him, but he wants to meet with us. The unbeliever says, well, I'll meet you some other time. I told you it wasn't going to be good. The unbeliever said, I'll meet you some other time. I can't meet you tonight. I got something I got to do. I got my excuses. Everybody's got their excuses, Brother Sam. Everybody's got them. You think I don't talk to people? I do talk to them. Listen, unbeliever, there's no other way to be saved but by Christ who died for his elect. No other way. You'll say, well, if I come to church enough, will I be saved? No. You, come, you don't come to church to be saved. You come to church because you love the Lord and you're already saved. That's why you come to church. We got people right here on live streaming. We got a lady here on live streaming. Rhonda can tell you. Got a lady here on live streaming. Says she'd be here every Sunday if she was able. She lives in Kentucky. She listens to us every Sunday. She's on there now. She listens every. She listens every service. She says Paul is my preacher, and said Landmark Baptist is my church. She said, I'd be there every Sunday if I could get there. We got other people out there that call this their church. They wonder why they ain't no, no more goes on. Had a man this 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 week, had a man ask me, he said, Y'all don't have many on Wednesday night, do you? I said, why do you say that? He said, because ain't nobody singing. They listen. 
They listen. They do. You can get mad at me if you want to. I don't care. I'm 76 years, 78 years old. You get mad. If I'm doing, I'm doing right today what I've been doing for 56 years, going on 57 years. Soon we'll be 57 years. Long time. When I started out with some of you, my hair wasn't this gray. I had black hair. I had black mustache. Y'all remember that? You remember it? I had hair like Michael. I didn't have a face like him. Because I shaved. I don't care. You look good, Michael. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm, I put something on Facebook this week. I said, my pastor, my, I tell some lady here, I said, you're killing your pastor. It just kills me just to look on that Facebook and see how, what she says she's walked. And I, I don't I believe her. I try to figure out them scales there, everything. I, don't, I, I can't figure that stuff out. That makes me sick trying to figure it out. My back's throbbing right now. But that's okay. Let it throb. Doctor says I'm not standing up straight enough. I'm going to try to stand up straight. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to get you here every week? Out there, if you're listening out there, what's it going to take? watching Judge Judy here. Now, I, watch, I watch that stuff. I didn't get to watch Georgia football because I'm going to watch it when I go home today because I taped it. They're going to rerun it. I mean, gonna, they're going to rerun it Tuesday. So I watched Judge Judy. Judge Judy says the same thing. What's it going to take to get you to start acting right? There's only one way to be saved, and that's by the blood of Christ being shed for you. You better hope, you better hope that your name's written down in that Lamb's Book of Life. You better be praying about that. Every night I've raised my right hand. And I say, Lord, take my hand and lead me. Lead me right through that shadow of death. Lead me right through it. I look one day for the Lord to take my hand and get a hold of it. This is it. He's going to say, this is it, brother. This is it. He's going to take my hand. He's going to lead me through that shadow of death. When, when he's got a hold of your hand, it's only a shadow you're going into. 
Boy, it's a wonderful thing, that sun shining in your eyes. You're trying to drive, get in the shadow. Especially as old as I am right now. Rhonda told me going home Wednesday night, she said, you see pretty good, don't you? I said, yeah, I can as long as them car lights are gone. I'm blind. I can't even see some of you on the back road right now. Jonathan says, I'm glad you can't see me. Somebody came here to visit. They said, I see you got a lot of back road sitters. I said, yeah, we do. They're afraid the pastor will spit on if they get too close. Old Brother Al Gormley, y'all never did know him. He was about six foot eleven. He'd swing them hands out there like this. People duck on the first row. Big old hands. Old long arms. He'd swing them out. Everybody knows new Brother Al Gormley. Knows what I'm talking about. You, you met him, you met him, didn't you? Brother Joseph. Big old man. Good preacher. All right, let's all stand. Let's be dismissed. Brother Sam, you dismissed us.